0: Controlled, unclassified information. It may not be top secret, but agencies and their contractors are obligated to protect it. A sweeping new rule about CUI is on its way, and it'll affect not only the government, but also contractors, grantees, and academic partners. For the latest, Tom Temin spoke with Rogers Joseph O'Donnell attorney Bob Metzger. Metzger is also co-author of the MITRE report, Deliver Uncompromised. The CUI rule actually has been in process for a couple of years. Uh, The purpose of the rule is to improve the practices of federal agencies and departments in the identification of information that has to be protected by operation of law, regulation, or government-wide policy. That's the internal part for the government, and that's a big job itself. But the other component of the CUI rule is that it is going to extend out to non-federal partners uh, the obligations to uh, provide cybersecurity to protect the confidentiality of any form of CUI when they get it. And those non-federal partners include contractors, of course, uh, as well as grantees, state and local governments, uh, universities, tribal governments, and the like. There are literally hundreds of thousands of non-federal entities who receive one or another form of CUI today. And they're going to be expected to apply uh, some cybersecurity safeguards uh, articulated by the National Institute of Standards and Technology to protect the confidentiality of all these different types of CUI information.
1: Now, is this rule originating in the FAR Council, and if so, or the DFAR, can they have how do they have the authority to extend a rule like that to partners like academic institutions and grantees
0: good question yes it does originate in the far council and the far council has been working on it as i said for a couple of years the uh, agent that is principally responsible for uh, the cui program is a part of the Department of Commerce called the National Archives and Records Administration. NARA has been the agent for this, but it has uh, prepared, and now working with the FAR Council, there is a complete draft of the rule. And it is uh, fairly far along in the internal process, such that uh, agency uh, legal comments and final questions are being considered. Uh, I'm told that we can expect that a proposed rule will be put out for notice and comment as early as this fall. That date might slip. It's a complicated rule, and I'm sure there is internal contention among agencies. But they've been working at this for a couple of years, and there's a pretty well, widely held consensus that the departments and agencies need to do a better job to secure this uh, CUI information. Now, as to the question of uh, authority. well. As as I'm sure you're aware, Tom, uh, the Federal Information Systems Modernization Act or FISMA uh, makes it a legal duty of uh, agencies and departments to protect the confidentiality and the integrity and the availability of certain types of information. Those are CUI. Essentially, what's happening with this rule is that the civilian agencies are extending that obligation uh, beyond the federal perimeter, if you will. Uh, to the non-federal partners with whom they share that information. In my own view, it's long overdue. It is important to protect this information, just as it is important to protect uh, sensitive technical information at DOD. It's a bigger challenge, and it's going to be hard to get it done successfully, but uh, it's overdue in my estimation. It is going to happen, and companies and agencies uh, alike should, should be aware and be planning ahead.
1: We're speaking with attorney Bob Metzger. He's a principal at Rogers Joseph O'Donnell. And, of course, CUI is a broader term than classified or secret. So there's a lot more data out there, I guess, that would come under this rule than would come under secret and classified rules.
0: Absolutely right. In fact, all CUI is unclassified. The NARA uh, maintains what's called a registry. You can find it uh, on the web. And the registry keeps track of the types and subtypes of information that uh, presently qualify as controlled, unclassified information. The registry evolves over time as uh, agencies and departments come up with new types of information that they think they must protect or where there are new statutes that require such protection. When the CUI rule first came out a couple of years ago, this was the internal rule for agencies, uh, that rule set up, I think, 24 categories and 105 subcategories of CUI. Uh, Now I think there's a somewhat smaller number of categories but a somewhat larger number of subcategories. However, anyone listening to this uh, broadcast who uh, is in the federal space will appreciate that there is all kinds of different information. It could be environmental, it could be financial, it could be legal, all kinds of privacy information, infrastructure information, as well as technical information and military significance. That's all unclassified, but if it fits within this category of CUI, Well, we can expect that both the defense suppliers, who are already subject to a DFARS, as well as the civilian agency partners, uh, they're going to become expected to provide cybersecurity uh, to protect this information.
1: And let me ask you what the connection with this rule is to the CMMC, the certification initiative going on at DOD. Tell us what that is and how these two kind of relate.
0: Sure. Well, as it happens, Tom, I spent uh, yesterday in uh, San Diego at a uh, Navy event co-sponsored by uh, the National Defense Industrial Association. And I spent much of the day uh, with Kevin Fahey, who is the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Acquisition, and Katie Arrington, who uh, has been given the responsibility to lead this new cybersecurity effort. Uh, CMMC refers to uh, cybersecurity maturity model certification, and a basic proposition is that the government's going to create uh, methods to uh, assess uh, and evaluate the security of contractors. It's going to start with uh, those in the defense industrial base. Uh, When this certification process is done, a company will receive a a rating. Uh, One would be the lowest rating that would make you uh, eligible to do work for DOD, and five would be the highest rating, allowing you to do work on the most sensitive projects with the most critical information. It's going to take a while to roll this out, but great credit is due to those within the Uh, within Kevin Fahey's operation, and especially to Ms. Arrington for the energy uh, that they are applying to this uh, problem and to the uh, pace uh, of their activities. We can expect to see some pilot activity as early as uh, late summer as they uh, try out some of the particular methods. We can expect to see uh, new versions of standards and practices emerge over the year, and we can expect to see early next year new contracting clauses uh, in Section L, instructions to offer orders. In Section M, uh, the evaluation methods. So we're going to see this be done not by regulation, Tom, but by a contract initiative. And uh, it's also going to call uh, on a lot. Uh, it's going it's to call upon the contracting officers to make uh, informed decisions about what level of risk they're willing to accept. Now, all of that's being done for DOD. At present, CMMC is a DOD-only initiative. That still makes it big. There are hundreds of thousands of contracts that will become subject to CMMC. But I do know to a certainty that there are already conversations between the uh, CMMC leadership at DOD and their uh, counterparts at uh, NARA and the civilian agencies to talk about uh, how eventually uh, the civilian agencies might also Uh, transition towards an approach that uh, looks for uh, assessments at the enterprise level and assignment to the enterprise of scores that will uh, signal to the government or prime contractors uh, the relative security that's been accomplished by prospective uh, vendors or business partners.
1: And do you expect some sort of a marketplace similar to what happened in the FedRAMP program of third-party providers of these, of the training and the assessments needed, to grant
0: Another excellent question. Yes, I do. Uh, In fact, I know specifically that the authors of CMMC have been uh, looking carefully at the history of FedRAMP, uh, and they should, because what FedRAMP has done is to create a a body of highly credentialed third-party assessment organizations, three PAOs. FedRAMP creates a process, not just to approve a cloud service provider to offer Cloud to the government, but the process—a process—is also present to approve those who are going to be asked to assess and then and then uh, validate the security of cloud service providers. So the counterpart that will happen with CMMC is uh, similar, but uh, different. Uh, the current plan is that uh, the CMMC CMMC organizations will establish the criteria for private sector third parties to be qualified to act as assessors where they will go out and view the security systems and practices of organizations and give that organization a rating. It's a rating that has to be trusted not only by the company itself but by those who would buy from it whether they are private sector such as uh, other, other customers or government prime contractors or the government itself. Now, to make this work for CMMC, we have, to, we have to envision many assessors, and they have to be able to accomplish that assessment in ways that are affordable to the companies being assessed, relatively quick, and which are trustworthy. There's also a challenge in making sure that the information accumulated during these assessments is rapidly assembled and made available within DOD in forms that are useful so that DOD as an enterprise, the services, uh, as, as the, milita- the military departments, as well as requiring activities can get the information around rapidly as to what has been accomplished in the assessment and certification of companies. That's attorney Bob Metzger, a principal at Rogers Joseph O'Donnell, talking with Federal News Network's Tom Temen. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. And you can hear the Federal Drive anytime on demand on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.